And hey there, hi there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L Women's Athletics. Certainly have some very exciting things to talk about today as well as we get into a little basketball. We've got volleyball news today. We've got some stuff about softball across. Hey man, we just got the that the whole spectrum covered, so we'll hang in for all, but we'll get to as much of it as we can. And uh, got four out of the five normal regular participants with us today. Daryl out for somewhat mysterious reasons. Something has come up. We're not sure if it's a yeah, emergency or whatever, but we certainly hope it's all well for her and hope to have her back next week. But we still got stuff, and we still got folks today. We got. Jared Anderson, who I might add, was the only one who had North Carolina State beating Louisville <laughs> in last week's predictions. And consequently, I got an email from Kenny Klein saying that Jared was not allowed in any type of U of L event ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jared. Uh, sorry about the bad news. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I turn around and at least with the Thursday's preview, I I had the cards winning pretty big, and and they were in agreement when they won pretty big. Rumor is Charlie Crean is looking over his shoulder for Jared, replacing him on bracketology. There you go. Yeah, Hoskins the two seed. <laughs> He'll probably put us as a four seed. Charlie Hoskins on board. Surprised yeah. he didn't put us as the first four out. I'm surprised he ever put us up in the, in the top line to begin with. To be honest with you. But, uh, Case, I'm trying to get you in here, but I keep yeah. getting interrupted. Well, I got Case Hoskins, who wrote today's article today, as he discussed the upcoming volleyball exhibition. And uh, so uh, the Dayton Flyers coming to town. Huh? That ought to be up your alley as an engineer. Did you help them construct a craft to get down here? Uh, Dayton, not bad, though, are they? No, uh, they didn't play at all last year um or last fall i should say uh we'll talk a little bit more about that probably later in the show but you know they had a pretty good season in 2019 uh won the a10 conference tournament went 20 and 8 in the regular season and then you know they were swept by marquette in the first round of the ncaa tournament but they made it to the ncaa tournament so uh no faults to them for that so that should be exciting i also just realized that women's soccer coincidentally is going to open their spring season with dayton as well exactly a month from now so there you go our community with the ohio community is getting closer and closer i almost went to school at dayton I I, uh, got a good friend who's got a daughter up there on the rowing team and he's invited me to go up and watch rowing in dayton uh we'll see i may do that sometime could be fun also got Jeff McAdams. You heard his melodious voice in here a couple of times so far this morning. Jeff uh, will not be attending volleyball today, but will be eagerly monitoring live stats to see how things look. And he'll have a, a recap as best he can put together maybe tomorrow for you in his article on the Sunday Cardinal Couple. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, they do have a live stats link listed on the schedule, so I'm hoping that's going to be live and we'll get that. Um I may try and capture uh, some of the output of it, but because uh, for exhibition matches like this, they don't tend to put out a post-game stat sheet. So 
limited opportunity to kind of understand what's going on with this and I, I have not gotten in contact with uh, there to be there as a media person, which I will probably do for the regular season for the actual uh, regulation matches um, and, and hope we can work that out. Uh, there's no video listed on this one. I don't think it's going to be streamed anywhere. So it uh, kind of be a little tricky to kind of find out what, what went on. But, uh, you know, it's it's a good team in Dayton. Um, so I'm interested in seeing how we stack up against them as, as a little bit of a warm-up for uh, what could be a fun and completely unprecedented uh Regulation actually means something counts for something spring season for volleyball. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hope the A team can come out and perform quite well in this one, obviously. And uh, I would think a chance for Danny maybe to play a bunch of different people, kind of see what it looks like, see if there's some things there that uh, might work for later in the year. You know, that's, that's what exhibitions are for, Jeff. Sure. Uh, this is weird in that it's it's kind of mid-season exposition. Uh, exhibition. Um, based on having played in the fall, and it's all the same rosters. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a, okay, we've had this big gap off. Let's have kind of a warm-up game before we get back into it, uh, which is good. I think it's a good idea. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dayton's a, a good squad. Uh, they're familiar with uh, the Illinois Federal Credit Union arena, arena quite, a, quite a lot. So, yeah, good to, good to have them come in. Wish I could be there. Louisville Taz up there too, right? Indeed, uh, their associate head coach is Alyssa Durigo. She used to be uh, an assistant here uh, under uh, Ann Cordes when she was a coach. So, um, you know, she does uh, quite a bit about it. It's been a few years, so not really, probably not really familiar with the team, although she probably had a little bit of hand in some of the recruiting for some of them. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely some some connections there. So, Jeff, Jeff all glitter about that. Uh, I'm your show host Polly and I found out today I had heard this before but I'd never really done any research on it that there is a Paul Sykes who was a very famous United Kingdom boxer years ago called the toughest man in the ring and uh, I did not uh, of course uh, try to claim that role I am not that boxer although a lot of people accuse me of being dead in the head and, and punch drunk most of the time. And I'm not that guy. But I got an email from somebody in Scotland asking me as the son of Paul Sykes how life was going for me in the States. <laughs> and uh, I sent them back a very nice email saying that I'm not related to the boxer. Thank you for asking everything. I didn't hear back, so I don't know. If there's money in it for me, though. I'm that guy. I could be <laughs> a Paul Sykes, no problem. As we roll into uh, the next segment here, time of the show, where we let Case go through the scheduling and Twitter information coming up for the week, and uh, a little bit, a little more stuff going on here. Case, fire away with it. Yeah, things are starting to fill up a little bit. Um, like I mentioned, there's a little bit of a break for volleyball after today's match, um, but they're going to be getting into things the the following week um, softball getting started so as we look at today um, track is at the Doc Hale Elite Meet in Blacksburg hosted by VT that started yesterday and is wrapping up today women's tennis is taking on Iowa State in Wichita today at 2 p.m. so uh, presumably a Wichita State hosted round robin kind of event volleyball like we talked about taking on Dayton 
um, at 3 p.m. You just have to keep up with the live stats link if you're if you're wanting to see that, or surely they'll tweet about some stuff on uh, on this match. So make sure you follow along with the right side of the site for all of the U of L women's athletics tweets or follow volleyball directly. Women's tennis taking on Wichita State in that round robin event tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, men's tennis is taking on Auburn at Auburn, uh, despite not taking on Alabama and Tuscaloosa today. They are traveling up the road to Auburn to take on the Tigers at 2 p.m. tomorrow. And at the same time, women's basketball will be taking on Notre Dame, hoping to continue their bounce back streak uh, that they started against Boston College on Thursday. That one is listed as ESPN, um, so the primary network there. At 2 p.m., home game, also available on the radio. So tune in for an exciting matchup there. Monday, Tuesday off. Uh, Wednesday, men's basketball hoping to get back from their second COVID-related pause. Uh, they're scheduled to take on Pittsburgh in the Yum Center at 9 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, so that's a that's a late one. Women's basketball still in the in the Yum Center for a um, another home game against Georgia Tech at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra on Thursday. That's a uh, another revenge match for E and Liz. On Friday, Track heads to Nashville for the Music City Challenge, and women's tennis might share a bus as they're going down to take on Vanderbilt at noon on Friday. Saturday, we don't usually talk about uh, because there's another show, but there are two games taking place um, during or before the show. So softball will get their season started. Uh, They're in Columbia, South Carolina um, for the South Carolina tournament. They're taking on UNC Greensboro at 11 a.m. And then lacrosse will get their season started as they host Florida at 11.30 a.m. in the Louisville Lacrosse Stadium. Men's basketball underway at noon uh, against Virginia Tech on Saturday, and then just to round it out, softball taking on South Carolina at 1.30. As we move into the Twitter accounts, as I mentioned, follow along to the right side of the site for all of the U of L women's athletics tweets. Um, that nice little list there. You can also, as we mentioned, follow all of those uh, straight from that list or add the list to your app, I believe. Um, as well to just see them in one spot. I tweet is at best case scenario, BST case scenario. Uh, still looking for that additional limit on uh, Twitter, but you know <laughs> they still just want 15 characters despite tweets getting longer and longer. Jeff tweets is at Jeff McAdams and at Card Couple Radio. That one will finally be back today, I assume, with volleyball. Yeah, I might try and pull it out and, and put some stuff on it. I, I'm not sure what I'll be tweeting from it when I'll only have live stats to work with, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Might at least retweet some uh, volleyball tweets. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should do that. <laughs> Polly tweets is at Cardinal Couple. Jared is at Mr. Anderson Jared, and he'll be... Are you? Will you be in the arena for taking photos today, Jared? I haven't heard anything about doing volleyball for the spring, so I will not be. Okay. But, uh, like we've talked about, he will be uh, in the in the stadium tomorrow um, for the basketball game and then 
will head over to lacrosse once that gets kicked off. So make sure you follow along for all of his pictures. Uh, and then Daryl, who's not with us today, tweets us at Daryl Faust 4. And that's it. That's uh, scheduling and Twitter for you, Paul. And there it is. Boom, boom. Knocks them all down. A uh, couple of things about the, the basketball real quickly is that the, the game tomorrow against Notre Dame will be the Think Pink game, where uh, I doubt they will have the breast cancer survivors march that they traditionally do each year for that. That seems unwise. That seems yes. like a, a high-risk group. So very, very it, will, <laughs> it will not be happening. Yeah. yeah. But uh, certainly, if you have pink and you want to wear it to the game, go right ahead. I'm going to bring out my multicolored pink tennis shoes. So make sure and get a photo of those later on, Jerry. And then uh, the final home game of the year on Thursday against Georgia Tech. Very scary Georgia Tech team that could come in here. It's also uh, obviously senior night where we'll honor Data Evans and her fine career that she's had for the Cardinals these last four years. And then it's four on the road after that, guys. Four on the road. Heck of a way to end the schedule. And uh, we'll, we'll keep you up on all that. I always check Cardinal Couple Daily. We, we always put some great articles on all that stuff out there. So make sure and read us when you can. So moving on into the, the, the meat and bones of it today here. Start with basketball, where we'll boldly tell you that Jared Anderson was the only one who had the prediction of the NC State game correct. The only one who picked NC State to win and was by far the closest in the point differential. He has, however, upset a normal a number of people down at the University of Louisville with his selection. He will no longer be allowed in any U of L events, no matter what they are. And he has picture posted in all venues where if any security should see him trying to sneak in, they are immediately to hold and uh, keep him from getting in there. So sorry, Jared, about that. Never pick against the cards, buddy. That's the story there. <laughs> I don't plan on picking against him the rest of the season. I think uh, from here on out, they're looking pretty good. Uh, it's a new leaf turned over and might be too late for you, though, Pat. <laughs> the 74... You dug your grave already, man. <laughs> 74-60 game that NC State beat Louisville in on Sunday, a game that the Cards got a huge effort from Dane Evans. Not so much from the rest of the squad. Two areas where the cards were really kind of hurting in that one. Obviously, points in the paint and also rebounding on that. Uh, you, you know, Jared, you were down there with me. This, this, this is a very good North Carolina steel state team right off the bat. I heard Sam Purcell say after the game, they're they're a Final Four team, and, and they certainly came in and showed it to us, didn't they? Yeah, and. You gotta think they also had Cunane back for the first time in, in several games after being cleared to play. So it was a little bit of a, a welcome home for her and a little exciting for the rest of the team. Uh, so Cunane was plenty impactful down in the post and it allowed the rest of the team to really open up and play their game, which when you've got a talented roster like that as is, you don't really need anything easy to come at you because then 
I mean, even with the challenge, they're they're scoring at will sometimes. So NC State, there's they're an incredible team, and I think Westmore has just built up a very solid program with over the past few years, and this is a, a team that could win it all for NC State, the same way we view UVO as a team that could win it all this year. And and looking at this game, case kind of breaking it down, the, the cards did actually manage to tie NC State in the first quarter. Things were looking pretty good there, but. In the second state, NC State started at the second quarter with five straight points, capping off an 8-0 run, actually, that they had there. Yeah, pointed the cards in a kind of a bleak lack of offense quarter there where they outscored the Louisville 11-7 in the second quarter. So we're looking at a 29-25 halftime score here, which uh, in some cases this year, Louisville's done that in the first quarter against opponents. So... Uh, the offense wasn't exactly clicking, was it, sir? No, not at all. Um, it was a disappointing end to that first quarter with Louisville, you know, allowing just a short play uh, with the ball going out of bounds. Uh, just a short play to let NC State get a three to tie it up uh, to end the quarter that started that 8-0 run, like you mentioned. Uh, I was also kind of disappointed in how Louisville played Kinane after the first quarter or maybe after the first segment. It was. It looked like they had a really good game plan for her. Um, she was confused on offense. Her game is to post up and be a bully, right? Sometimes she'll take an outside shot, um, but she's not particularly mobile, and so sh- she usually just posts up and, and bullies you and, and wins that way. She's really good at doing that, uh, but Louisville had the two bigs. They were confusing her. You could see in that game whether it was just because she was lethargic, a bit out of shape from her break, or, or just not back into the full game speed yet, she was not moving on offense. She would stand at the elbow and do nothing, and that was great. It, Alyssa Cunane is not going to beat you if she's not moving on offense and standing at the elbow. That's not going to be a problem. But for some reason, Louisville went away from that. She started to be more effective. Um, you know, She finished with 16-6 and six, uh, in 30 minutes. That's a problem. Um, they, they ultimately finished with four players with at least 15 points. Louisville was not particularly effective on defense. But if you want someone else to beat you other than Alyssa Cunane, then do that and force that for the rest of the game, not just for the first segment. Uh, for her to ultimately end up 7 of 9 from the floor, which is 6 of 8 from inside the three-point line, you know, just, just not particularly uh, strong showing there. And on offense... I don't know what you say. Like you mentioned, 25 points in the first half, which is usually a first quarter for Louisville. They were just out of sorts for basically the whole game. And uh, I think 60 is the fewest points they've scored all season. Um, NC State's a good team, but I don't know if their defense is that good. So, you know, they moved on. Uh, had a really good game after that. But, yeah, this NC State game was, was not promising for more matchups against top teams in the country. You know, Jeff, I've had several people point out to me that this was still basically a contest after three quarters. The cards were only down by four at halftime. They were down by five at the end of three quarters, and then things got ugly, and I mean really ugly in those final ten minutes. Uh, NC State blowing out to an 18-point lead at one time, but what happened here in the fourth quarter? Well, 
NC State couldn't miss. Uh, you know, they shot 62% from the field in the fourth quarter, and we were shooting 33%, uh, one out of three. Uh, you know, that's that's a recipe for, for losing a quarter soundly. Uh, and, and ultimately then the game, you know, I look also at the second quarter as an interesting stat in that category. We held NC State to under 25% shooting in the second quarter. The problem is we shot less uh, percentage. Uh, we were shooting at 23% in the second quarter. I mean, we we couldn't get a, we couldn't buy a bucket in the second quarter. So I mean, a a quarter score of seven points is is not gonna win the game, even if you're able to shut down you know the other team on def- on on with your defense. You know, it's um, NC State and, and credit goes to NC State for a lot of this, right? On our offensive blows was we were getting pushed out of the shots we were going to take. We were having to take some four shots. But, yeah, that fourth quarter, man, NC State, they just like, they got on a roll. They started hitting their shots, and and and, and we weren't. And that's that's going to lose you a game. That's kind of how the, the – it's it's a remarkable, remarkable, simplistic analysis of basketball. And yet that's what happened here. So One of those things were – the cards surrendered 74 points. Uh, well, I think one of the highest totals that they've surrendered this year. But the, the thing that got me in this game was rebounding, where they out-rebounded us 44 to 29. Yeah. Uh, that's the worst of the year, obviously. And the cards just had six offensive rebounds total. Yep. And they had 13. So, yeah. And their 13 offensive boards, NC State managed to turn that into 11 second chance points. Yeah, so, which is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. At, at 11, we had, we had three second chance points. It's just you're, you know, you're, you're giving up possessions when you do that. A game that I think most Cardinal fans uh, obviously were a little perturbed about, maybe for the first 24 hours afterward, and then just thought maybe back in reflection, hey, it's only our first loss of the year. We've got a fantastic team. It's just some nights you don't come out and play your best. Uh, so a couple of days off to think about it, to work on it. Jumped right back into the fray of things, though, with a team in Boston College that was and is still dead last in the conference of teams that are still playing. Louisville did have to travel to the Conti Forum up there. And it wasn't a coffee convention. It's an actual arena up there where uh, Taylor Nor Sewell. It, yeah. Nor was it named for Wake Forest player. So. No, no, it, it wasn't. Although she's yeah. a, they could probably name an arena after her. She's yeah. a heck of a guard, Gina Conti. Absolutely. But uh, Taylor Soul, obviously big name for Boston College and a team that has two alleys. Both are high school seniors that have decided to play college basketball this year. I thought that was kind of cool, though. But and, and one just joined the team. Yeah, like first first last, game. Like yeah, last le- last week I think something first like that. Game, first shot hits a three pointer. You know, yeah. Very, start your career and then proceeds to miss for next seven. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's the way it goes sometimes. But uh, you know, in case the cards look good in this one. They put up 97 points, and they did it without Olivia Concord, and they did it without Elizabeth Balogun. That's uh, you got to your starters, Dan. You put up 97 points. Something's going right, right? 
Yeah, I, I think um, Louisville struggled a little bit uh, early. You know, this game wasn't uh, a blowout. They were unable to keep Boston College off the three-point line. Um, I think they made six out of their first eight or nine, something like that. Um, they just couldn't miss from, from three. Uh, Louisville just not reacting well on, on defense. And Boston College kept this close in the first quarter. Uh, the Cards managed to stretch that out. Didn't lose any quarters, which is important, uh, especially on the road. Um, unfortunately for Allie Palmieri, I think at one point in the second quarter, she got matched up on Dana Evans, um, which that That's was tough. not. <laughs> <laughs> that was not, I, I think, what Boston College was hoping for was, was a, a high school senior. That one. Yeah, brand new freshman coming in and throwing Dana Evans. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> Here's a bus. We're going to throw you underneath it. Don't worry about it. It'll roll over and you'll be fine. The the (laughs) baptism by fire of the greatest um, proportions, I think. One of the things that stood out to me was Mikasa Robinson getting 35 minutes in this one. Uh, I saw on Twitter during the NC State game, I thought was pretty apt analysis of what was happening for Louisville. None of their guards could score except for Dana Evans against NC State. And Louisville just needed a a shot in the arm of something uh and if you're not going to score from the guard position and you're not playing particularly well on defense and you have no energy I'm not sure why Mikasa Robinson only got 10 minutes in that game really seemed like if that she could provide um all the things that she does for for Louisville uh, except for scoring, and if nobody else was going to score, then it didn't hurt to put her in. But she was rewarded in this one with 35 minutes. Like I said, she finished with eight rebounds and two assists, uh, a block. You know, she scored two points. There was a couple of times in the first half in this one. Uh, I admittedly went to bed um, at halftime. Had to wake up early yesterday. But there was a couple of times in the first half where she would get the ball, she'd drive the lane, and it's a play that we've seen Dana Evans immediately pull up for an easy basket multiple times. Um, and Mikasa Robinson had the exact same look and just pulled it out, um, which is not what you need. <laughs> I, I We've talked about it a lot, that, that she needs to pull the trigger on some of those shots. She needs to be in the gym taking shots and getting more comfortable doing that because to a certain extent, when you've got players that you're missing and she's going to be a starter, you do need that. Um, she can't just back the ball out at every opportunity. Uh, in particular, I think on the possession I'm thinking of, she had a great look, should have taken the shot, pulled it back out, and you know Louisville got nothing from it. it and it, that's just a wasted opportunity. But every team needs a facilitator, though. And that's certainly what she can do. That's true, and and it's hard to nitpick from a a 30 point win on the road. But like we said, Boston College is not very good, and it is what it is. Uh, we'll see if Louisville can continue their, um, like I said, bounce back tour when they take on Notre Dame tomorrow. Yeah, like you said, if, if you're going to have players out there that are not really contributing a whole lot, they're not a spark on defense. They're also not hitting shots very well. Might as well at least get the defensive spark on the court, right? At, at least that's something that can trigger other things to happen. But, yeah, I, I do agree. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, you know, we, I'd love to see her taking more shots and hitting more shots. That's the other critical part of it is actually being able to hit some. Uh, we've seen she's not a great shooter, to be honest, um, and, and to be fair. But, uh, you know, if she could 
get some confidence, get some get some shot selection in there. She ends up getting a lot of opportunities, and I think it could be really powerful if she would she she could get into that uh, position to to take advantage of that more. Hey, and today is her birthday, by the Indeed. way. So, Casa, uh, uh, we certainly hope that you get a nice piece of cake dinner. Don't eat too much of it though, because you might be counted on tomorrow against the Notre right. Dame Irish. Uh, Jared, how about this? Kono, 21 minutes. Alana Smith, 14 minutes. Ramani Parker, 10 minutes. And Marissa Russell, 12 minutes. Jeff kind of went into the bench a little deep there, didn't he, sir? Yeah, but as the case mentioned, you had both the Balagoon out and uh, Cochran out for uh, different reasons so that you had to see a few other players out there. But it's it's nice that the game that we had a couple players out, we were playing a uh, bottom of the ACC or bottom half of the ACC team versus having to play somebody that's like Georgia Tech or, or NC State. And I thought all of those players put forth great effort when they were out there. At no point did they appear that they were lacking confidence. You never saw where they weren't hustling, uh, which we know Coach Walls always gets on players for not hustling and putting forth full effort. Uh, Kono showed some signs of confidence on offense too. She wasn't afraid to put up a shot here and there, and and got some to to fall in. And I thought uh, Russell had a very strong presence down low in the post, despite being a little undersized. Just maybe still being younger, as they're trying to work on getting her a little bit bigger and stronger. But it was really nice to see those players get that playing time, uh, and that made benefit them later on the season if we have to get one of them out there they'll have a little more confidence and they've got a little bit more of that in-game versus another division one opponent experience uh, and also if, when you're looking in the long run it'll be great in these future years as well yeah walls is repeatedly stressed that both parker and russell need to spend some time in the weight room need to spend some time with muscle definition and things of that nature but they you know hey that's all fine well and good but they did come in and contribute 13 points off the bench so certainly. oh yeah i'll just wish score. i could have their metabolism yeah <laughs> i wish i had that energy as well sir a game uh you know, jeff here, here's a two amazing stats right here the card shot almost 57 percent for the game and they won the points in the paint battle 50 to 32 and also out rebounded them 43 to 27. So all good stats there, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we look at uh, the positive, the one real positive stat from the uh, NC State game was blocks, right? We had eight, they didn't have any. That doesn't win you games, right? These other stats, we know they're fun. I love blocks. I love getting up good block, man. I get, I get excited when I see them, but it doesn't win you games. These stats are the ones that win you games. Uh, you know, blocks can contribute, but it's these are the stats that win you games. Shooting percentages, rebounds, points in the paint, uh, forced turnovers. Those are the stats that win you games. Ironically, it was a block that led to NC State tying the game at the end of the first quarter. Because it was blocked yeah, out of was. bounds. Right. Yep. It was certainly I mean, one of the things that yeah. Louisville can hang their head on. And Jeff Wallace, after the game, was impressed with the win. Was impressed with the offense and the defense, but came out and said on actually several different times talking with Nick Curran, 
I need this team to get meaner. I need this team to get tougher. Uh, let's kind of bat that about. Uh, you agree with Walls' assessment on this case? Um, on the NC State game, yes. I, you know, Louisville had 13 personal fouls in that game. Um, NC State had 13 personal fouls. To a certain extent, that's incredibly few for a, a game like that where, you know, both players wanted, or both teams wanted to play really big. Uh, you would expect a lot more jostling in the middle. Uh, the most play, most fouls that any player had was three. Um, Jakia Brown-Turner and, and Olivia Cochran both tied there. Not to say that you want any game to be a foul fest, but in a game like that, when it's number one, number two in the conference, uh, two top five teams in the country, you're expecting there to be some some fight, uh, as it were, and it really seemed like there wasn't that. Um, you know, we talked about Louisville being a little bit lethargic on defense in that game as well. And the blocks are one thing. Um, to have that many is great. They won not just the blocks battle, but the block steals battle, you know, 16 to 6. But like Jeff mentioned, that, that doesn't win you the game all the time. Um, they just weren't able to um, get big when they needed to. And I think we talked about the, the large discrepancy in, in rebounding being a part of that so yeah I think Louisville could do to get a bit meaner on the inside um Dana Evans has got it if it would rub off on everyone else uh if you started seeing a little bit more mean mugs from everybody uh the way that you see them from Dana Evans then uh nobody's gonna doubt Louisville's uh, tenacity as it were but you know th- mentally I think Louisville was was tough in bouncing back the way that they did against Boston College uh it would have been nice for them to to be stronger on defense in that first quarter and and put the game away incredibly early, but for them to still win by 30 on the road after that deflating loss against NC State, then, yeah, I think there's some mental toughness, but some physical toughness they might still lack a little bit. Jared, one of the things that I thought about this game that was a little perplexing to me was the fact that Haley Van Lithead, I think rather high amount of turnovers in five. Uh, of course, yeah. Obviously, Dickens is a heck of a guard. Schwartz is another good one, but the five turnovers out of Haley is just just kind of one of the things that you get with a freshman here, or are they see it something in her one for passes. It just didn't look to be all that. I think it's a mix of just going up against a couple talented guards uh, who who know what they're doing and they've got the experience as well as, like you mentioned, just being a freshman and. Sometimes freshmen have that inexperience and what you may be able to do and uh, and get away with in high school is way different than what you're going to get away with in college. I mean, you can uh, get caught with the ball a little looser and out there or uh, looking around the, the floor. Uh, but in college, sometimes all you need is that split second of a difference and a defender uh, is able to take advantage. And I think we've seen that time and time again from Dana Evans and Mikasa Robinson working in our favor this season, and it just happened to, to go against us a little bit Thursday. But it's it's just a learning lesson, and I think as Haley Van Lith plays more games and continues to grow, we're going to see fewer mistakes and uh, more awesomeness out of her. I have to agree with that 100%. So the cards go to 17-1 and one with the win. Uh, 
Any anything else on this, guys? Anything else you want to toss in before we move on to the upcoming? Yeah, it was just a. It's a great way to bounce back after a loss. You can come out of a loss and keep your heads down, and just kind of think our undefeated season's over, our number one ranking's gone. Or you can come out and be like, oh, well, it's one game. Maybe it was a fluke. Who cares? Let's move on, get past it, and look forward to the rest of the season. And I think that's exactly what they did. They they put a game against a final four a potential final four team behind them that's a top four top five ranking team like it's it's no big deal it's one loss in the long run who cares about one loss in the regular season go on and and use that as a a learning opportunity to get ready for the postseason and i thought they were excellent with that yeah it's one loss and it's not a loss to it it's not a bad loss it's you know like you said it's a loss against a likely final four team you know, okay, so you, so now you, some of that stress is off of you. You know, you don't have that undefeated tag that you're trying to defend now. You can go out and play your game and play well. I think Luke Hancock mentioned it really well on Twitter. He talked about in 2013 there was a Louisville team that was 16-1, and one, uh, number one team, found some adversity, and, you know, they went on to have uh, a pretty good season, you might say, uh, <laughs> after that. So, you know, Louisville is a 16-1 and one team. Uh, not not according to the NCAA, but, you know, okay. <laughs> it's on YouTube, Jeff. You can find that game. I know, right? <laughs> I've still got my banner. I, don't I know think Wikipedia you. still says it. I've got a piece of the floor out in the out in the office. Um, <laughs> who, is it, who is it says I still get this big-ass ring? Yeah, right? that's Kevin yeah. Ware, yeah. Kevin Ware, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, they're going to put that game behind them, like we said. They already kind of did against Boston College, and they're not going to forget it. Um, there's a difference between putting a loss behind you and forgetting it. And Louisville's not going to forget the way they played. They're not going to forget that it was a subpar effort from them. Um, I think we can say with confidence that it was, other than Dane Evans. But, um, you know, they're, they're going to move on. There's a lot of season left to be played, presumably. And, you know, hopefully, yes. I don't think anybody's doubting that this team is still destined for the Elite Eight and beyond. Um well, Charlie Cream might be doubting it, but most people <laughs> are not doubting that this team is destined for the Elite Eight. And Charlie and Jared both, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's still one seed in my bracketology. Uh, the win over Boston College good when you consider Notre Dame, the next opponent here, only beat them by 10. And they were playing them in the Purcell Pavilion, so uh, that didn't do too well for them. That was actually one of the last games in Notre Dame has won. Uh, they knocked off Virginia Tech a few nights later by only five points and then fell to UNC at UNC. They fell to Syracuse at Syracuse. Uh, fairly close games, but they still lost both of those and then come into Louisville tomorrow. Uh, this is a team that has some very good players on it. I mean, you look at Sam Brunel inside. Look at Maddie Westbelt inside. Two very, very strong post players who can go in there and really rebound and put it up with you and step out and take the three when they need to. And then they have a guard in Dana Mabry who could give a hearing. Of course, they have a Mabry. Of course yeah, it's, it's Notre Dame. There's got to be a Mabry, right? It's, yeah. It's the if-then sequence. <laughs> that is younger sister, by the way, of the Mabry that was there previously. So, Yeah. But, uh, so... Well, Jeff, I had a train of thought, but I guess... Sorry, I, I derailed you. My bad. My apologies. I didn't have a ticket for it. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, it's going to be a Notre Dame team that's not going to back down from us. 
It's going to be a Notre Dame team that's going to come in here and give us a challenge on the boards. Hopefully, we'll have Olivia Cochran back. I think Balagoon was due to get back in town today. But let's break this thing down. What can Notre Dame do to us? They play people close. They lose to people that maybe you wouldn't think they would. But uh, they're still a team to be feared, I think. Yeah, it's, you know, the, you call that some some talented players there. And they are talented. Westbelt is a very talented player, for sure. Uh, Mabry is a talented player. Uh, you know, but Westbelt's a freshman. She's a true freshman, right? She's going to make freshman mistakes. You know, we see how incredibly talented Haley Van Lith and Olivia Cochran are as true freshmen. They are still making some freshman mistakes, right? To be clear, right? Not many, but, you know, they are making some. Maddie Westbelt's going to make some of those as well. Uh, so they're still putting it together. Um, I, I, you know, I think if they come out and they play their game and, and, and they, they try to figure out and learn from it, that will be great. This season is not going to be a, a, a particularly great season for them. This next stretch of games is not going to be a particularly great stretch of games. They've got us, and then they go to North Carolina State, uh, and then they host Syracuse. Um, you know, all three of those are going to be some pretty tough games ahead of them. Uh, so they, they've got a they've got a tough stretch. Um, you know, this is they're, they're not going to be. They're, they're, I think they're projected to be just out of the tournament at this point. Um, you're playing to learn and get better at this point. Take advantage of that opportunity. Um, you've got a stretch of games against some very, very good teams. That's a great opportunity to learn. And, you know, maybe, maybe you pick up a win somewhere along the way. If you do, fantastic. I, I'm not sure that's your primary motivation over the next few games, though. Yeah, Lul, or uh, Notre Dame, sorry, is only 2-5 and five on the road. Um that includes a loss to Ohio to start the season. It includes a loss at Boston College, which is their only conference win of the season. Uh, they've been really bad on the road. Um, wins over Miami and Virginia Tech. But, you know, those last two losses that they've got were both on the road. This uh, road trip, like Jeff mentioned, is extended. Uh, they, they play Louisville tomorrow, and then they're away again at NC State. I'm not too concerned about them having some outstanding uh, road revelation against Louisville. That's not to say that this game won't be interesting to some extent. Uh, it's Louisville versus Notre Dame. There's a lot of bad blood there, um, a lot of history. But I'm not terribly worried about their road performance in this game. Five, five overtimes again, maybe? <laughs> a couple interesting stats on the Irish here on the year. They've scored... 1,080 points. Opponents have scored 1,081 points. How about that for right down the line? Hmm. Uh, a couple of players we didn't mention here, Jared, we don't want to ignore these two. One of them is Destiny Walker. She's averaging 12.4 points a game for them here. And uh, the second, or, yeah, second in rebounding, too. And you have an A of Peoples. They're good ball players, averaging 9.7 points a game. Michaela Vaughn, Caitlin Gilbert. These are all names that we've heard over the past couple of years out of the Notre Dame roster. This year under a little bit of different situation, nobody, in the fact that they do have Nell Ivory as a head coach right now instead of the infamous Muffet lacrosse. Thoughts on that, Jerry? Yeah, I think that may be part of what's setting them back, honestly. And it's not me trying to bash her as much as 
you you'll see some adversity and some some issues rise during your first year as you're trying to mesh with your players and, and get adjusted to a new game plan and the new coaching staff because often when a new head coach comes in they're going to bring in some of their own staff in the mix and, and we did see a, a couple new uh members of their their overall staff join in and it it takes some time just to to really get a good feel of each other and and mesh well so i think they're going to be more of a threat next year i mean they've got the the talent this year and i believe well i guess because of the qualifications and the ncaa allowing everybody to get another year everybody's eligible to come back but i'm I'm, either way i'm pretty sure most of their team's going to come back anyways so this may be more of a game where Notre Dame's like, huh, okay, we're getting a feel for Louisville, and we'll see and have a better understanding how we need a game plan against them for the 2021-2022 season. So I think that may be more of what we're going to see tomorrow. Case, one of the things that, that I worry about when I look at this Notre Dame roster is their rebounding strength, okay? West Belt knows how to clear the boards. Brunel definitely knows how to clear the boards. Peoples, Walker, both can hit the boards very, very hard on you. And uh, Mabry is a good rebounding card as well. So uh, what are some of the things that the cards got to to do to to, to at least hold their own against the squad on the boards? Well, hopefully get Olivia Cochran back. That would be Uh, a plus. That would help. Uh, But, you know, Louisville's been having some, some good rebounding from their guards as well. Uh in the last game in particular, Nariku Kono had seven. Uh, Mikasa Robinson had eight. So Louisville's been doing a decent job getting on the boards. Uh, we know that it was very indecent against NC State, but that game being what it was, I think Louisville just has to play their game. Guards have to get in position uh, for long rebounds, take advantage of those opportunities, and the players on the inside are just going to have to to be strong. Um, you'd love to see... Louisville get as many as as many as 17 offensive rebounds again if they could um but I wouldn't anticipate something like that happening but primarily just have to limit Notre Dame's uh, second chance points opportunities uh, clear out the boards on defense um don't give clean looks being in position is one of the most important things uh even if you're not gonna pull down the rebound to not give up a, a free rebound and a bunny for the second chance layup uh, that's that's going to be the primary thing is being in position both for the bigs and for the guards. Something that Louisville might want to try to avoid as well is do not foul West Belt. She shoots 75% from the line. Do not foul Mabry, 87% from the line. Mm-hmm. Do not foul, foul Walker. She's at 89% from the line as well. So anybody else, yeah. Hacky shack away on them, but those three you might want to keep off that stripe there. So, a fun one coming up at two o'clock tomorrow for you. And uh, have they determined which ESPN network this is going to be on? Is it going to be on the main flagship or on, on ESPN 2? I hadn't seen it's ESPN 1. It is on the yeah. prim- yeah. primary network. Well, there you go. So, the, we get cool. the top billing there. Yeah. Everybody else in the world will be turned over for Super Bowl pre 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 coverage. We'll be watching Notre Dame and Louisville play by golly and having fun with it. And that rolls us into time for predictions on this game. I'm gonna put Daryl down for her normal ninety one to sixty. No, I'm kidding. 
you joke, but was it, she said ninety one sixty six. That was her. That was her guess in the text. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen. I had didn't yeah. see her text yet. Yeah. Okay. Ninety one sixty six cards was hers. Well, I can't imagine she would say ninety one sixty six Irish. Joke. If, if, but but if, she actually <laughs> specified cards. So to be clear, but yeah. If anything, she's consistent. <laughs> it's gonna hit for her one of these days. I know it will. Right. One of these days, she's gonna nail it dead on. National yeah. Championship game, she's going to be right. Uh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I'm going to let Jared go last since he's he won last <laughs> week. Uh, Kesa, you you had a nice winning streak going until Jared upended you, though, so you get to start it at this week. Notre Dame, Louisville, your prediction. Yeah, um, Notre Dame hasn't given up fewer than 60 points all year. Um yeah, no, they haven't given up fewer than 60 points. I'm getting a little bit confused by their the way that they've structured their schedule. Um, but I, I think Louisville is going to come out offensively. I think this is a game that they can kind of do things at their will on offense. Uh, I think that Louisville scores 83 points. And I think that Notre Dame scores 71 of them. 83-71 then, okay. A little bit above the uh, points per game on each, but certainly not a problem there. Uh, could be a high-scoring game. Jeff, your thoughts? Uh, I also was going to say uh, 83 for the card score, so with you on that one. Uh, and, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, a little lower for Notre Dame. I'm going to put it at 63 for them. 83-63, a 20-point win for the cards yep. from Jeff. Uh I think you guys are high. I think Daryl's high. Good I, I see a, a little more of a battle on this one. Notre Dame's not going to let the cards run as much as they'd like to, which will take them out of the transition game. They're going to give us all they want on the boards. Yet I still see Louisville finding a way to win this. I'm going to go with a 69-62 score. 69-62. Bill, mm. over. The fighting Irish, which leads us to Jared. What do you got, bud? Yeah, well, no one else uh, chimed in for Thursday's prediction, so I'll go on and claim that one by default and have <laughs> this two-game two winning streak now. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it's, it's. I feel like it's. I'm more in agreement towards Lena with Case and uh, Jeff and Daryl, where I, I don't think it's going to be close, and I prefer it not to be close. I'd rather just kind of kick back, relax, and enjoy some smiles and celebration shots from the cards. Um, I think now that they found their offensive rhythm, and they found an offensive rhythm without two of their normal starters, that they can continue to, to score high. Uh, now They're breaking out of their slump. Uh, they were in a slump there for several games. Uh, they found their rhythm again. I'm, I'm going to say uh, another 20-point victory here, and I'll say 88-68 to 68 for the cards. 88-60 is all you guys are way up there. Just to remember something I just got information on, too, that uh, Ivy has an earbug and Muffet is on the other end. Oh, if Muffet's coaching, let's say 100-67. to 67. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Probably not going to get invited on that show anytime Ooh. soon, are we now? I will give Muffet McGraw one tiny iota of credit. I expected her to go 
in on the cards after that loss against NC State. And at her first opportunity, she did not. Um, That's the only credit I may give her is that she didn't just completely obliterate us for losing to NC State and, like, do it. And I told you so uh, when I fully expected it. But that's it. I agree. If she was (laughs) coaching, then Louisville would would win by even more. Oh, the disrespect. Oh, the love. (laughs) I do want to kind of get into a couple of other sports here in the remaining time we have left. So with our predictions there, let's talk a little volleyball, huh? Going on. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, obviously uh, excited to, to see what I can of this Dayton exhibition. Got a couple of weeks then from uh, the game that will be at Lipscomb for the actual beginning of spring regulation play. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, this is a great team. 12th ranked cards, uh, which is a little weird because other teams are already into their official spring schedule some, uh, and, and, and we don't start for another couple of weeks. But, uh, uh, you know, that means we kind of just kind of hang out at that number 12 ranking until we get underway. So, um, yeah, there's some good volleyball going on across the league, um, which is fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Um, Dayton will be a good warm up. They're a good team. They're always fun to play. Uh, we play them pretty regularly too, so it's always interesting. What was the feature of your article today, Case? Any further thoughts on that? Uh, it would be interesting for the rest of the season to see if like play, teams like Clemson can try to catch up. I don't know if they're trying to schedule even to catch up to the number of matches that everybody else played. Um, mm-hmm. But Florida I'm State, sure. particularly, <laughs> they they have no chance. Um, yeah, but I, I think Clemson would very much like to play more games. Uh, being at three and three, it's gonna not be good enough uh, of a fall slate. Depending on what they do in the spring, that that's certainly not gonna help them get into the tournament. Um, but Louisville, you know, just one game off of of being tied for second with three other teams, uh, and they're gonna get their first chance to to rectify that when they open the ACC schedule um, against Notre Dame. So I, I think Louisville might pull an Ohio State and get to drift up the rankings for no reason <laughs> without playing any games uh, like like Ohio State did during the football season. Um, but this game against Dayton, uh, I wrote about it a little bit, that they Dayton's a good team. Uh, they actually beat Pittsburgh in an exhibition to open the 2019 season. Louisville swept them in the Cardinal Classic, but they took both Texas A&M and Florida to five sets in that tournament. So they're a good team. Um, it'll be very rusty for them, I think. They did not play any in the fall. Uh, but they're going to be very excited to to use this match to get right into it. Uh, they start their conference season uh, next week against St. Louis with a doubleheader. And so they're going to be doing all that they can to get get ready and get up for that season. So Louisville definitely shouldn't take it lightly, even though it doesn't count for anything. It's going to be important for the psyches of both teams. So should be exciting. I will say it does look like Clemson will be making up those fall matches. Uh, trying to look through. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve matches in the spring. So they sh- they are scheduled to make those up. I don't know what Florida State's doing. Florida State's Florida State's being sad. <laughs> yeah. 
Concentrating on Seminole football, no doubt. I would yeah. All right, it's, uh, we we look forward to seeing that go on. Jared, I know you and I like like the A team down on campus down there. Uh, haven't heard yet whether you're going to be taking any photos, but uh, certainly just talk about the fun of taking shots of Michael Jones. Oh yeah, it's fun. Uh, Michael has some giant hops, so she'll get way above the net, making my job substantially easier, but. She's also one that isn't afraid to hold back on showing emotion on the court. And volleyball, I think in general, some of the celebratory shots, and they just, I mean, even with masks, you can still tell based off people's eyes and kind of the way their their face may scrunch up or, or spread out uh, that you can get the celebration. Uh, and you don't see it as much in other sports. I know a lot of our women's basketball players don't always show a lot of emotion. So it's nice to get it when you can, but no, especially Iko. Iko is just so full of energy and she's dancing around. And even if she's not out there on the court and she's just on the bench, she's doing something to hyper team up. So she's always fun. Just to, if I were to have two cameras, I'd have the second camera on her at all times. The Jasmine Jones sensitivity court is now in session. <laughs> if Jess could teach a little, probably taught I go a bunch of emotion before she got out of here. But anyway, on that, certainly uh, looking forward to finding out the results on that. We'll see how it works out as well. Also, uh, going to have a, a little chance to talk with both Holly April and Scott Teeter on Tuesday. QL having a conference with those two head coaches as they get ready to begin their seasons. Uh, Let's just kind of look at, we've talked a little softball in the past. Let's take a look at lacrosse here. They get four games at home to start out with. Uh, Jared and I will be out there Saturday, so we won't all likely could miss the show. I may try to check in from out there, but that doesn't ever seem to work for me. Case puts me on mute and then hangs up on me eventually. Because you stand directly in front of a tuba when you do it. I can't help but if Jared's playing the tuba and taking pictures at the same time, Jeff. It's uh, not my fault. Yeah. Yeah, it's a euphonium, by the way, not a tuba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, what can you do? You guys will hang up on me anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Try to check in with you all. Let's take a look at this. So, we'll start out against a very good Florida team. The Cards get four at home, but four very, very good opponents coming up here. I mean, you take a look. At this and Scott Teeter, I think he's got 11 of his opponents are in the top 25, guys. This is a brutal schedule for the Lakers, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, it is, and that's that's not even considering the, the conference schedule. Um, you know, <clears throat> got Florida and Colorado out of conference. Cincinnati's meh. Um, but, yeah, you've got some really good teams that, that are, are, are very good teams out of conference. And then, of course... The whole conference slate for the cards is ranked teams, uh, which is a little frustrating because we're the only non-ranked team in the ACC. But uh, you know that's opportunity for improvement there. So, but yeah, it's I mean it's it's, it's always a brutal slate uh, in the ACC, and then to add some pretty good non-conference games in there as well. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be an interesting season to watch. Thoughts here, uh, or excuse me, Case, on something lacrosse has done this year, which we've never seen in the past out of them before. 
with back-to-back games against the same opponent. They'll be playing at Boston College twice against the Eagles. They'll be playing here at home against Syracuse twice against the Eagles. Uh, the thoughts on this in lacrosse? It's something we've never seen before. Yeah, I think, if I recall, they have played multiple games against the same opponent in the in the same season, usually a home-and-home home kind of mm-hmm. matchup. And I think just the way that things are with with COVID, as we know, if they're going to get those games in and make them conference matchups anyway, you just kind of eschew the home-and-home and, home and, and play two uh, uh, doubleheaders just to just right. to get those games in. And, and we've seen it travel. Right. We've seen it with a lot of the other – with the other teams uh, throughout this year. So uh, it'll be exciting. I think it'll give Louisville a lot more opportunities than they usually get. Uh, Louisville across, as we talked about, has some struggles against ACC opponents. Uh, they play in a really good conference. They're still rebuilding from what was a disaster uh, those few years ago uh, with the roster and, and how everything shook out. So still working very hard, and I think getting an opportunity to play teams a second time back-to-back um, – just kind of recover and play those games is is a great opportunity for them to to show that maybe a first game loss was uh, not fully indicative of their ability and and they'll get great opportunities against Boston College and Syracuse to show kind of a, an aggregate score of two matches uh, instead of just the one. Interesting that they chose not to do that with Notre Dame playing them the third game of the year and then the final game of the year a space from February twenty eighth to April. 24th there, but uh, certainly a, an interesting schedule as well here. I'll get this in real quick. Four games at home, three on the road. They come home for one. They go back out for four, then three at home, and end on the road. So it's either feast or famine here, huh? Yeah, that's not terribly unusual for lacrosse, but uh, obviously those the, the doubleheaders in there is, is the unusual part of that. Um, we do tend to have Notre Dame multiple times in a season. Um, we've had some really, really good matchups against them as well, including some overtime, you know, which, you know, you know, raise your hand if you've heard that before with a UofL Notre Dame game in any sport that goes, you know, bonus play. Uh, you know, there have been some fun ones in there, so that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that goes, and, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. I do agree. It should be an exciting time ahead as we watch Teeters guys and gals play out there against the best of the best in ACC lacrosse. Hopefully they can uh, do well against them. Certainly want to see them do the best they can. That's going to kind of roll us around to the end of our broadcast today. We'll get some final thoughts in here as we get ready for a week ahead here. Uh, Jeff, final thoughts from you today, sir. I'm excited to get, I mean, shock, shocking no one. I'm excited to get to watch volleyball again. Um, you know, won't see the, won't really see U of L for another couple of weeks, but you know, I'm catching a few other games from around league play, so kind of fun. Uh, Nebraska clobbered Maryland last night, uh, so that one was kind of interesting to see that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's my sport. I love it. It's exciting. So Nebraska good in volleyball. Who would have figured that? Yeah. Case, yeah. what's on your mind? It's still a ways off, but I'm excited for this uh, Louisville Soccer Spring season. Um, it, the schedule looks like an actual Louisville Soccer Spring season. Uh, they only have the one ACC matchup, but they've got work to do. Uh, fortunately, playing some some SEC programs, uh, some good local programs in 
Dayton and WKU, and then the ACC game, like I mentioned, they went uh, four and four in the regular season before bowing out against Virginia in that uh, shortened ACC championship. With only forty-eight teams making the tournament, I think Louisville probably needs to win, you know, four of these games uh, that they've got in the spring to have a chance. So it's going to be a tough one, but we'll see if they can if they can uh, make it work, and we'll get a preview of the life without Amina Ekic. They begin the the post Amina Ekic era at this point. Yeah. yeah, I got a feeling if at all possible, though, she will be in the seats at Lynn Stadium cheering on her teammates, if possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Jared, what you got? Uh, yeah, we had the national uh, girls and women's and girls and women in sports day this past week, and and I thought you all did a an excellent job especially with their social media presence for their different teams just highlighting the successful careers of many of the, the young ladies as they move into to the adult women uh highlighting what they did on campus and then also highlighting i guess what some of them are up to now uh you know kind of a little partial wish that they would have done something to include cheer and, and dance even though they're not official sports but uh Combined, they've brought UVA over 50 national championships. So even just like a little something uh, for them, I felt like would have been nice as well. Agree, indeed. Final thoughts out of this guy. I want to extend a congratulations to Peyton Verholst. She is one of the 10 semifinalists for the 2021 Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Girls Player of the Year semifinalist. Uh, 6-1 guard out of DeSoto, Kansas. Uh, she's the third-ranked guard, according to ESPNW Evaluations. Her squad right now is currently 12-1 and this season. I've uh, been having some fun interaction with her parents and her coach on Twitter and other means. Uh, Peyton is fired up about coming to Louisville, and I think that the fans will be fired up to see somebody of her quality, integrity, and also basketball abilities. So keep it going, Peyton. I hope you win this thing. You're up against some pretty good players here for this semifinal to final maneuver. But you can do it. You can do it. Okay. Well, that'll do it for us today. Next week uh, could be a little shortened the lineup for you, but certainly tune in to catch the best of Cardinal Couple Radio Air podcast where we bring you the joint excitement of Yoga Women's Sports. We'll see you then. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm